podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to Zero Pucks Given, the UK ice hockey podcast. We are in partnership with Blades Belong on Your Feet, the charity fighting knife crime with ice skating, and we are sponsored by Ivory Tower Fitness, the premier private gym and personal training studio in Colchester. This is episode 32. Obviously, the season is now over for the NIHL 1 South Clubs. There's a lot of players that are starting to move as well between clubs, perhaps up, perhaps down as well. Today, we've got a few results from the Chelmsford Ice Hockey Academy for you. A little bit of GB news as well as the senior men are in action at the moment. And we do have a guest. This one is for you Solent Devils fans. I am joined by your recently retired netminder extraordinaire, Chico Cole. Let's get started, though, with those Chelmsford Academy results. So this weekend, the Chelmsford Ice Hockey Academy, the under-14s Braves had a 6-1 win over Swindon. The under-16s Tomahawks also had a 6-1 win over Cardiff. On the Sunday, the under-16s Tomahawks made it a double-win weekend with a 14-2 victory over the Romford Ice Hockey Academy. The Chelmsford Pythons did not fare so well on a trip to Cardiff. They were beaten 14-0. A big congratulations goes to the Chelmsford under-10s Lola, Ruben and Rosie, who are heading up to Sheffield for the EIHA Mites and Mighty Mites. This is the first step in the elite player pathway for these young skaters, hopefully leading to the England and GB national programmes. There was an all-Chumpsford rec game this weekend as well. The Miss Chiefs beat the Chargers by 20-5. to 5. What an incredible game. And the GB men's senior side are also in World Championships action as we are hosting those World Championships in this group. And they've had a pretty good start so far. They've beaten Korea by four goals to nil and beaten Poland 5-4 in overtime. Right, that is it for this weekend's results. Let's get to the guest. This really is one for you Solent fans, but I do think that everybody else is going to enjoy it. He retired recently at the playoff finals. We caught an emotional moment between him and Alex Murray at the end of the game. This is Chico Cole. Everybody say what time is it? It's Chico Uh, 
Zero Pucks Given in partnership with Blades Belong on Your Feet. We are now joined by Chico Cole. How are you doing, sir? Yes, I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm really well. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, how have you enjoyed your first few days and weeks of retirement? Uh, I mean, every summer is always um, it's very full on for me. Um, time to enjoy our time. Um, see my partner a bit more. <laughs> um, work a bit more. Um, and then just maybe enjoy the things I actually like doing all year round, but obviously just take a big sacrifice for ice hockey throughout the uh, seven, eight months that we play it. So, no, it's really yeah. nice. Obviously, we all saw how emotional you were at Milton Keynes. I, I got a, a cracking video myself of a lovely exchange between you and Alex Murray after the uh, after the end of the game. Uh, but was it much in the planning or was it sort of uh, towards the end of the season? Just no, actually, I think we're going to do it. Um, I mean, I've always spoke about it, just one more season, just one more season. Uh, and I've probably been saying that for about three or four years. Um, obviously, by playing so much, 24 or five years or whatever it is, maybe more, um, it's not something I want to give up. But it's got to the point now with my, my business and, and everything that's kind of, I'm getting, I'm burning the candle at both ends. Um and I really wanted to get through to the final. And obviously that made my decision a bit easier um, to kind of go out, whether we won or not, um, at, the, at the highest point I possibly could um, with getting to the final of the playoffs. So I don't, if we didn't win on the Saturday, I might have done another season. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, I kind of I knew I made the right decision on Tuesday or Wednesday, and I was just absolutely my body was in bits. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was a um, not a rash decision, but it had been coming for a long time. And then, like I say, I sent a, a, a message to Muzza early part of Monday morning when I woke up and just said, "I think I've, my body's had enough." Yeah, it's um. Oh, Mother's been been the sort of the player coach down there for quite some time, and do, do you think that I mean seeing that exchange between the two of you, there's obviously a, a massive level of respect between him and his senior players. There's obviously a level of understanding you all have of how each other play and your just your lives in general outside of hockey. Do you think that he's been one of the the keys in the the success that Sutton have had over the last four or five years? Because you really have progressed as a club. A million percent. Um... I think obviously he learned a lot from Jeremy Cornish um, of things, what to do and what not to do, what he expects of players. Um, but I feel like he's had a bigger task because we've had no budget. Mm. So he's asking what Cornish was asking of his players and he's paying them. Um, and I think he's adopted that style. It's kind of a bit of tough love. Um, he, he loves every player a bit, but I mean, obviously... Everyone hears, he shouts at people, but he, he means it from the bottom of his heart. Um, and he, he is 100% a big part of why Southern Devils are a successful team in the, the Div 1 now. Yeah, well, as indeed were you. Well, so, yeah. yeah, maybe. Well, as, obviously, as a fan of Chelmsford, it's, um, other, and other fans around the league are more than aware of, of evenings where, where Solent travel to other people's rinks. And a lot of people will just simply say, oh, he's doing that again. He's, he's having one of those nights again. Yeah, I mean, the good thing that, although my, I'm very invested in hockey 
in terms of what goes on outside of a game, I have no, um, what's the right word? It, nothing really kind of, I don't really delve into a lot of information, what gets said about us or me, um, as long as I've done my best on the day and whether that's me winning the, the game for the team or me holding in there and, and someone else actually pulls a win in for me to kind of help me out one, one night. Um, but yeah, we, we've been lucky sometimes playing away. <laughs> well, I know when the stats have been compiled, you've ended up with an average for a 10-year career that most pro goalies would dream of for a season, let alone over a 10-year career. So it's, um, yeah, hats off to you, sir, because it's been, been an incredible career that you've had. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, do, I smile about it every day and when I do think about hockey and whatever else that obviously is still in my heart, I still want to play. Um, I would have liked to, I said I always wanted to be a pro hockey goalie, but there's there's more the, to life than than just being a, a hockey goalie. As you kind of know, it's, it's not a major career in it, in my opinion. No. Uh, you've got to go abroad in it. Or, I mean, the elite league's getting better and better now. But for a British goalie to be in there, Bouncy hats off to him, he's holding his own. Um, and a few other people now, Jackson Whistle. Um, yeah, and it's good to see that the British goalies are getting a chance. And now, obviously, the, the championships that are going on, they're kind of showcasing what they're about. So it's really good to see that. Do you think, though, them, them guys that have got to that level... Um... I, for one, and I'm assuming many other fans as well, don't doubt that you you have that ability level to have made that level. But do you feel they have you have to sacrifice life to do it? 100%. I mean, I was always prepared as a junior, um, as well as my parents were prepared to, to sacrifice everything for us to get to that point. Um, but kind of when I first broke into playing adult hockey, obviously Silent Devils were kind of a, a, no, a nobody, a no team. Um, it was only when we won the Div 2 Championship and then went up. And then obviously that first couple of seasons, it was kind of just trying to hold on to stay up into that league. Um, and getting 60 to 80, 90 shots a game. Um, yeah, you were in it, practice. Yeah, I mean, for me as a goalie, I mean, you look at the Elite League now, or even some of the, the league above in the National League, and they're seeing like 30 shots a, a game. And I mean, if I probably worked out if I only had 30 shots a game maybe I would have another five years left in me um yeah yeah it sort of swings and roundabouts doesn't it I suppose 100 percent um and then well obviously you're getting 60 70 shots against when you're going to play away Streatham and it's, it's crazy but that, to me that's normal and I like that I like more shots give me shots I'm in a game yeah um only in the kind of last five years I really thought that playing your Milton Keynes and your Rockford is more of a mental game for me. Um, you just mentally got to be there, switched on for your your one minute of madness in, in 10 minutes rather than being madness the whole game. So mm. um, I learned a lot as a goalie and as someone to, to develop more career. Um, but yeah, maybe I would have tested and gone in the league above. But at that point when I could have gone or... I never really reached out to anyone. My career just went the way it did. Um, I made a dream in terms of playing for um, Isle of Wight Raiders because that's the first team that I ever watched play um, with Toby Cooley and goal. Mm. So that's one thing that I achieved that I really wanted to. I mean, the only other one was kind of getting my 
a name on a Guildford Flame shirt. But other than that, there was no real major kind of push for my end to make that happen because work was always more of a priority or being at university or whatever it was kind of took over from really kind of reaching the heights of my ice hockey career. Yeah, so a lot of your junior career was in Guildford, is that right? It was indeed. So I started when I was four in Gosport, um, played a year and a half, half as a player, and then no one was there to be in goal, so I made that decision to go in goal. Did that make it easier for you and your brother sort of training and playing together that you just went in goal? Um, I couldn't honestly tell you the truth, really. Um, I think I was just a stupid one to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't remember. I can't remember the last time your brother scored a goal. So he oh, must, must have needed more practice. <laughs> but you were—I mean, elite prospects might burn me here. But you were born in Guernsey, is that correct? That is correct. Yes. Yeah, so that's I mean, um, technically a nationality, isn't it? Are you the only ice hockey player from Guernsey? Well, maybe. Maybe that's a new stat <laughs> for Joe to find out. <laughs> Joe Scott's get on that one. Have we got the, a one-man team for Guernsey? <laughs> I bet it would still be a struggle to beat you. Yeah. <laughs> so the um, your helmet is quite a um, an illustrious piece that's always sort of commented on by a lot of fans that see you play. Do you design them yourself? I mean, again, because I've I've always liked obviously the the detail that some goalies go into with hockey equipment and helmets, and again, I've always kind of. I've been fortunate that I got given a set of pads. Um, and it was only the last three, four years that I've just had that. It's not even that, I don't think. Two, two, yeah, when I got the black pads, maybe two or three seasons absolute max that I've got this design done. Because um, I really wanted, because I said the muzzer um, before I got this black set that I was very lucky to, um, a fan donated a lot of money to help me out. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, I was very fortunate and thank you very much if they do watch this, um, as well as everyone else that donated. Um, we come up with the design and I wanted the pads to match, but the, the money is just absolutely crazy of what mm. some set of bowers are. Um, and I was realistically just happy to play in anything. Um, I've never really got into like the, the airbrushing or anything like that. And now I see some of the junior goalies that have got a similar design in, in Solon. And I, I absolutely love it. I think it's crazy to kind of to see that something so minor is then influenced in in the whole club. Because I think mm. as soon as I turned the black pads, I think I saw at least three or four goalies in the junior club then turn the black pads, then come up with helmet designs. And then again, it's just that point of now where the, the goalie lab in um, Sheffield, I believe, they can supply the wrap of the helmet and, and everything always of a package um, with Alex, I believe, that, that designed it. So Oh, brilliant. That's fantastic. And, uh, and yeah, to inspire them, them young goalies in Solent, when I did speak with Joe Scutts, he, he imagined that it won't be long until you turn up at a training session, especially for the juniors, and perhaps impart some wisdom and knowledge. I would very much love to. Um, I'd love to give back to all that I've been given in my career. Um, again, Guildford was a massive part of that, that they always made sure that at least two or three flames always come out in sessions. Um, we were lucky that Barry Russell was a goal, goalie coach. Um, 
and then we had legends like Terry Curtin back, Polini uh, that always kind of helped everyone else out, and their trainings were, was just different in my opinion to everyone else. Because you were training three times a week down there as a junior, um, with a I believe it was like Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday morning at half five in the morning or something. Um, wow. And then if if you depending on whether you had a game, is what session you had, and yeah, it was it was mad set up for such well coming from gospel where you train once a week and you might play once a month or something like that. <laughs> um and i'd like to kind of again work is just so busy at the moment but i'd like to get back in training sessions for sure mm. your uh, your home rink at gospel is a uh, the bone bone of many jokes amongst other visiting fans it must be similar to sort of like the old uh, the old raiders arena in ride where everyone hates coming to play there and it's a real advantage for you guys at home. Do you, do you learn to love it, I suppose, because it's your home? The thing is, though, we get abused from it. Like, it's like it's our rink. Like, we own it. Yeah. But it's nothing to do with us. We just play there. Um, I mean, we hate it just as much as probably everyone else, realistically, <laughs> you know. But we don't have a choice. We don't have no investors. I mean, the, the rink, I believe, had some chance of investment from the cancel probably six years ago or something when all the... Um, f- uh, football stuff got done in the leisure centre and I think Planet Oyster said no nah, we don't want to invest half the amount of money and tough shit mm. <laughs> but which yeah. is, you see some of the rinks going up now which are unbelievable um, but again for me in my my trade I look at some of them now and they're not even looking being looked after like, you know no. half of that is falling apart already I just think like our rink's still going to be exactly the same in another 20 years' time, but I reckon their rink in 20 years is going to look worse than ours. So. It'll look worse, yeah. <laughs> and they're, they're, they're finally going to do something with Basingstoke, but it's... Um, I, I don't know. I, I think I actually really like the character of, of the rink in Gosport, with the low ceiling and the small rink and the... Is that the original Perspex as well, I think, that's up there around it? Well, I mean, that got shipped over from Europe from another rink, I believe. Oh, uh, really? They just had to customise the corners, I believe. Because, I mean, obviously, when I started my adult career there 10, 12 years ago, we were still in netting. Oh, wow. Yeah, so before the game, we were getting pulled around. And, yeah, it was, again, another crazy thing of how much the, the club's developed um, over the past 10 years. Uh, I've had some questions sent in from uh, from some of the listeners. And some of them were actually going to be people you would have played with or against, I would have thought. Uh, so Harrison Lillis, Victor Dynamo's D-man, has asked who's got the biggest clay bomb, and he's given some options here, so you can go with these or go outside. Yuri Hushka, Billy Phillips, or one of the Bartlets. Now Bartlets are their cannons are normally pretty on target. Mm. So realistically, I haven't really felt full brunt of them, if I'm honest. Billy Phillips, jeez, yeah, but that's, I mean, a few years ago, Yuri Husker, he, I think even at the playoff weekend, he dented my cage that much that my cage now touched my nose. <laughs> um, it and, it with his, and it worked with his stick. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to have to say Yuri Husker because I know f- for a fact twice that he ruined my last helmet and he's ruined this one now. <laughs> So, oh, yeah, I mean, you've got a Dom Hopkins. He was a pretty big swinger back in the day. Um, but, yeah, I've got to go Yuri Husker for sure. Yeah. 
Uh, Frankie Sabini, I'm sure a name that uh, that you'll recognise. Is it got a couple of questions here? It said, what's the best bit of advice for young goalies coming through that you could give? Jeez. think about that one wow um just follow your dreams if, it, if it's something that obviously hockey for me was always a love because I wanted to play it not because my, my parents pushed us to play it because they were quite happy not to drive us around the country um, <laughs> as we well know there's a lot of time invested into it um and always ask like I think at gospel now where we've built such a relationship with the junior club that they would message me or you get quite a lot of them that comment on your post or something like that that always ask questions um and that's the way i always felt i've learned or put yourself in a situation that you're not comfortable with um but yeah just follow your dreams whatever it may be all right this one's probably going to be a tough one for you to answer the way certainly the way that frankie's worded it He's, uh, he said, what's it like retiring knowing you are one of the best British goalies ever to play? Nah, he's just bigging me up. <laughs> <laughs> I, again, I'm not, I'm just someone in our league that is, is done all right and has been a consistent goalie for, for 10 years. Um, it's nice to kind of, now it's come to like, the end of my career, I believe. Maybe Joe killed me with a stat that I've, I could add. To, I think it's three or four more games to 350. Oh, really? Um, I think it, it's not really sunk in yet. It's going to be September when the games go back on. Yeah. Um, I need to probably speak to Mazza and see if we can do a testimonial, maybe. Um, and I think then it will really sink in that what I've kind of done and really kind of when I step back or when help the juniors out that then I kind of will reap the reward for what I've done and helped mother build the club to that way. Yeah, excellent stuff. Uh, Ollie, uh, oh, so, well, I'll leave with Frankie's third and final point. He just wants to say it's been a pleasure and an honour to witness you play for all these years. Thank you very much. He's a geezer. <laughs> he, is, he is a very, very top man. He had a, a great appearance on here because he's done uh, some writing with James Ayling. And yes. they've done a, a short film called The Enforcer. Oh, yeah, I've seen this. Yeah, we're all looking forward to seeing the full version of that. Uh, Ollie Bennett, who's one of the Chelmsford Chieftains fans, has asked, what's the best save you've ever made? Have you got one sort of in your mind that you always think, yeah, that was the best one? Um... <laughs> I think there's been quite a few in Victor. I've, I've definitely done quite a few there. That when we were the underdogs, when we was kind of building ourselves up, maybe three or four years into the um, coming up, and I think it was our first game that we ever beat one of the top two teams. I think we won four three. Um, I, I don't know what I've done. I just flew about like I normally do. Um, doing Chico things or whatever people say. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, that's definitely got to be one. I don't know. There's not one in particular. Again, beating Stretton for the first time. Again, I made a few pretty cracking saves in that one. Um, 
but yeah, one of them too, I don't know. Excellent, mate. Well, listen, thank you so much for joining me. The you know the gift of your time. I know you're an incredibly busy man, so I'm really, really glad that you've able been able to join us on the podcast. And uh, and hopefully uh, we'll see you around at the Solent Rink if you obviously haven't got to put the time into play that you can get and actually watch the guys. I mean, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like again, this season is always as a goalie, you're kind of punished for not playing. Um, or when you don't play, you feel punished. Um, and it was it was nicer that these kind of last couple of years, I can go now, I can have, kind of speak to Muzz and go, it's fine. I don't need to play. Mm. I'm, I'm happy not playing. It's, it's nice to see the team in a different perspective or like I'm... I was very routine that if I was playing, I'd have my meal at certain times and blah, blah, blah. Whereas if I wasn't playing, like my attitude would be completely different. I'd more be more jokey and more mucking around with the boys. Uh, um, so it was nice to kind of experience both sides of, of it and now kind of finally turn up and watching and not having no responsibility as, as such. But Yeah, I think there was one recently this season where... where there was a, a night at the UFC, may have, ta- may have taken precedence over a solid game. Yeah, again, I'd never do that before. <laughs> um, I've always been very committed to ice hockey. Um, I kind of booked it for my brother's birthday as well. Um, and the league was already done at that point. So yeah. it didn't really matter to, well, obviously it did to Mazza, but to me, it was a, it was a game that, Again, I didn't need to batter my body full for no reason. Um, and it's kind of just being more sensible that I did say I didn't want to play double headers. And then next, you know, you win on the Saturday and you think, oh, yeah, let's play the I'm Sunday. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's all good. Excellent stuff. Well, mate, congratulations on a fantastic career. Do enjoy what rest you can get. I understand you're probably going to be working too much to rest anyway. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> I only worked about 104 hours last week or something stupid, but certainly deserving your break you're having this weekend, then. Thank you, yes, indeed. As you can probably see, sandbagging to the back. <laughs> yeah, very nice, very nice. That's why I've got a background on here. You don't want to see what's behind me. <laughs> Mate, enjoy your enjoy your retirement, and hopefully we see you around the rinks at some point. We'll do. Thank you very much. Good man. Cheers, Chico. Cheers. Bye bye. A massive thank you to Chico Cole for joining me on the podcast. It's uh, it's always nice to hear, I think, from some of the players and some of the other teams uh, that play in our league. So uh, great, great stories there from Chico as well. Recently retired. Wish him all the best uh, for whatever endeavour he pursues next. Well, that is it. Episode 32 is in the bank and the season for me is in the bank. Zero bucks given is done for the first year. I've absolutely thoroughly enjoyed every second of doing this podcast uh, since I started it the feedback that you guys give me has just been mind-blowing the listening figures have been incredible we've hit number one in the UK a couple of times uh, and we've had some absolutely incredible guests uh, one of my big thanks goes out to Grant Bartlett who reached out to me when I started the podcast about getting some of the roster on for the Champs with Chieftains we've actually managed to do I'd probably say 98% of, of this year's roster I've enjoyed having all of the lads on and chatting to them. They've all been absolutely brilliant. Uh, and you guys sending in your questions for them has been absolutely fantastic. We've had a few special guests as well. Of course, we spoke to Sean McMorrow, the sheriff, live from Canada. We also spoke to Mighty Ducks star Matt Dougherty, who played Averman in the original trilogy. That was a fantastic episode and a personal highlight for me. 
so yeah, my main thanks then, obviously, to my wife for putting up with me doing this, tucked away in my little room a couple of evenings a week, doing Skype calls, recording and editing. Uh, again, a big thanks to Grant Bartlett for reaching out and uh, getting some of the players on board. Uh, thanks for Alana at Chelmsford Chieftains, who was giving me you know, details whenever I needed them. And uh, Mark Saunders, the former Chelmsford Chieftains coach, he was very, very, very uh, gracious and very generous with his time uh, sending me coaches reports, coaches thoughts rather, every week uh, after the game. So yeah, a massive thank you to you guys and the listeners. Honestly, without you, there probably wouldn't be a point doing it. I'd just be sitting here in my room waffling to myself. So it's uh, I can't thank you guys enough for listening and sharing and doing all the things you do. Uh, so moving into next year, the podcast will, I would imagine, will stay weekly. Uh, we'll try and get as many of the Chieftains players on as we can, the new ones that are, that are comfortable to come on whenever they're available to to come on the podcast. Um, and if we have people on, again, you know, play, returning players will endeavour to keep it different from, from their first appearance as well. And your questions will always be a massive part of that. Uh, next year, it's going to be a little bit more league-centric as well. The focus will always be Chelmsford, as they are my team and they are the team I'll be watching every week. So they will. I will always do the match reports and get the coaches' thoughts if I can, and anything from the Chelmsford Academy. That will always be Chelmsford-based. But we'll try and speak to a few of the other coaches and other players in the league and then try and get a little bit more of a rounded view on everything that's happening in the NIHL 1 South. So once again, thank you so much to, for joining me and listening and all your feedback so far. Uh, now that this first season of the podcast is over and done with, a massive thank you to all my guests uh, throughout the whole season and Chico Cole especially for today. And we will see you next season. This podcast is hosted by Anchor on Spotify. It is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and other podcast outlets. Subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to get notifications about new episodes. Follow us on social media, Instagram at Zero Pucks Given Podcast, Twitter at Zero Pucks Pod, YouTube at Zero Pucks Given, email Zero Pucks Given Podcast at gmail.com. The music in this podcast is taken from Spotify and I do not own the tracks. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Podcast Network.